Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads. Stand by for action. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Yes, welcome back to Eddie's Launch Pads. Eddie is not with me today. He is not in his co-pilot seat because he's down at school. As you know, he'll come down and see you every week, children, and he's down there right now, down at school, meeting with you all. I'm sure getting up to all of his usual antics, giving you high fives and poor shakes. Uh, He loves coming to see you, children, and he loves coming to school. And I hope that you love coming to school as much as Eddie loves coming to school, because it's very, very important. Now, we've got to look after our planet better. All these hot summers are doing our planet no good. All of the storms that are wreaking so much damage. We're running out of water, we're getting bad weather, and our climate is changing because we've not looked after the planet. We have got a bunch of creatures for you to meet today called the Eco-Diddles. And to tell us all about it is our friend C.C. Seeley. Welcome to the show, C.C. And can you tell us a little bit about the Eco-Diddles? Oh, thank you, Dave. I'd be delighted to tell you about my two friends, Ernest and Hope. Ernest is an Eco-Diddle. And nobody's quite sure whether that means he's a bat-like dragon or a dragon-like bat. He's got a furry coat to keep him warm because he lives in an ice cave. But sometimes if it gets too hot, he has scales on his tummy, which help him cool down. When he gets too hot, these scales glow bright green and he can get a bit grumpy and a bit jumpy and he'll stop at nothing to get cool again. What he does, though, is he likes to just chill out, mind his own business and live in an ice cave where he can keep cool, drink iced tea and eat reindeer ice cream and he doesn't bother anybody. But the problem is that climate change has been actually making things tricky for Ernest and I would, I'm very glad that I've been able to come on today and tell you the story about Ernest and how his friend Hope, who's a, an ecodiddle earth scientist, helps him work out what's happening and solve his ecodiddle eco-riddle. Like a lot of creatures in cold climates, he sleeps a lot and he's been asleep a long time and he's suddenly woken up and instead of a lovely ice cave, he's in a puddle. His pants are wet and he's not happy. And he's gone outside his cave because it's not an ice cave anymore. It's turned to rock. And he goes outside and all he sees is this enormous mess that his next door neighbour, Bernie the cat, has been making while he's been asleep. 
and he has to find a new house. And the only cold place he can find is inside Bernie the cat's freezer. Bernie the cat has a big shock when he opens the freezer door and finds Ernest there. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. The story about Ernest's melting ice cave is in the first book, the storybook, which is uh, a fast-moving rhyme. And um, it covers the story of how Bernie lives his life and um, has made the mess and the effect it's had on Ernest and how Ernest from the freezer starts to uh, take notes about how Bernie is living and he starts to make the connections about what Bernie's doing and what's happened to his cave. He's keen to try and get it fixed. So uh, in, in a sister book, he speaks to Hope, the Ecodiddle Earth scientist, and she he, he asks her questions and she gives him the answers of the science about what's happening so that he can understand what's going on. And between them, they work out a plan and they help Bernie fix it because Bernie's not a bad cat. He wants to do the right thing and he just loves Ernest and Hope and he does his very best to change the way he lives his life and start looking after the planet instead of making a mess. So um, that's basically what the, the book tells us the story and um, in the Eco Diddle, Eco Riddle and solving the Eco Riddle is the sort of factual book behind it. But it's done in a way where Ernest is writing up his notebooks and he's doing his own drawings and he's writing his own things. So it's really um, easy for, for people to get into. It's not like reading a textbook. The, the actual storybook is, is yeah, can be read to um, quite young children, actually, and um, they enjoy the characters. I quite often find if I read the book um, to younger children and, and ask them what they think about Bernie, they'll say, oh, Bernie's, he's not a bad cat, he's just doing bad things. And I always think they're very, very astute about that. And then as... Uh, things develop and Ernest plays the trick on Bernie that makes him change his ways. Uh, it makes them laugh and then we they can come up with all the ideas as well and they can see how Bernie is changing and you can use it to just enjoy a funny story or you can actually use it to you know discuss what's going on and and perhaps they well do we do that or is there something there we could do or could we think about it? How could we help Bernie? And, you know, there's lots of things. You can play games like how to empty Bernie's skip without actually sending any of it to the tip. And um, you can also perhaps pretend you're an atom uh join together in an ice cube, a little uh, molecule of water in an ice cube and work out how the heat energy makes you jiggle and dance and how you can then turn it from ice into water and then into water vapor. And you can do a sort of water cycle game, you know, Mm. there's all sorts of ideas for that. So um, there's lots of things you can do, which are just fun and little activities Mm. and bits and pieces. And so as a, as a, um sort of background to that there's little books where hope sends Ernest off on a separate adventure to look at a topic each time so um for example he goes up into outer space and he looks at the world uh, in the first one and um he understands that the, the shape of the world and the way it moves uh, relative to the sun and he starts to understand how you get 
day and night, but he also un understands how you get ice, water, land, air, and how it all sort of fits together. So he starts with an overview and you can do lots of activities with spinning balls and apples and torches and just do it and have a bit of fun with it so that you can actually see it happening for mm. yourself. Mm. Uh, and you can pretend to be an astronaut if you like. Yeah, you can yeah. Sit there I, and I can I can see this dovetailing quite nicely with STEM. You know the the science and yes. technology and 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 maths. I can see all of that helping so that it, it it helps children to not only get a love of of recycling and to think about the planet and about how we use water and how we you know how we got to, we've got to stop using as much fossil fuels as we possibly can all of those things are in, are important messages for children and the earliest that we can get our children to recognize the challenge the better for all of us really Oh, definitely. And I think um, while the first book, uh, there, there are two story books and there are sort of eight learning books behind it. But the second story book is how having sorted Bernie out and realising he doesn't want to live forever in Bernie's freezer, Ernest moves to a new place, to an, a lovely wooded island where there is still an ice cave on top of the hill and he settles down for a well-earned rest. And in the meantime, there's a heap of bears move in and they start just felling the trees and they don't live a, a very good lifestyle and it causes havoc on the island. So the other uh, story is all about living sustainably and how you use resources and the effect that you have on others if you are greedy and wasteful. And um, if you like, the, the, the island's a bit like a miniature version of our planet, really. Mm. And um, Ernest, it, 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 things go so far that Ernest has to eventually be woken up and he is able to do a little bit of eco-diddle magic and give the bears a second chance so they can work it out and they work out how they can live better. And that's, um, that's if you like, the two stories run side by side. One is thinking about climate change and the things that we can do for that. And the second one is about how we can live sustainably and make the, the best use of the resources we have. So the the ecodiddles have a little code. And if you follow it, you won't go far wrong. So for younger children, it's like traffic lights. It's um, don't be greedy and wasteful. Think how you, you affect others and always help nature and the environment. So it's three steps. And for older children, it divides those into um, sort of seven steps, a bit more. And then um, if you if you uh, are doing eco schools stuff, you, you've, you've probably already got your own eco code as well. So you can start thinking yeah. about how your own eco codes work with eco diddle eco codes and how you've approached the subject as well. So there's quite a lot of room for um, being flexible and um, building in um, what works in your own locality. The two storybooks are, are uh, basically picture books with a, a fast moving poem. And um, but they're divided into chapters, so um, you can take a chapter at a time. If you, if for younger children to do the whole book might be a, a lot, but you could maybe say in a, a, a school, a school, you could certainly maybe do it over a couple of days and talk about the themes that each chapter has. Or you know, you could just you could just run through it quickly as a fast moving rhyme, and you get to the end. 
um, it takes about 10 minutes to read through the through the books. The the learning books behind that are uh, very definitely illustrated there. I have done it so that there's a page where on the right hand side you have Ernest's notebook, which gives you the basic facts. And if you've got young children, they may not want to get involved with the reading of it so much. So uh, the left hand page is a cartoon style and it sort of takes you through an activity. But if you've got older children, it's designed so if you've got children who enjoy reading, they'll read the right hand page and they'll read the left hand page. Mm. If you've got someone who's not so keen on that, they'll read the cartoon page. They'll get the gist of it and they'll be able to do the activity. And um, it's been designed so you don't need any special equipment. If you've only got a football and not a globe, it doesn't matter as long as you've got something that's a sphere. You can do it with things that are readily available around you. So it doesn't cost any extra to do. And it doesn't involve, for example, if you're looking at um, hotter things, I've found ways of doing it so you're not using too much anything. A child could do it on their own if they wanted to, but easy to do in a classroom too. We've pulled the, the story together into a, a short play. So if you are doing it, say, over term time, or indeed if your children are really into it and they're, they're doing it as a just for the family or whatever, you can actually turn the story into a very easy little play. You can have fun making your costumes and your props by upcycling and recycling things that you've got to hand there's nothing uh sort of too high tech about it and if anybody um wants to add in the songs and the dances that go with it it's all there so you can just do it and it's done karaoke style so you can learn the songs just from the screen the background music plays with it you learn it so you don't have to be musically inclined to be able to actually just put on the show so i i think it's sometimes if you've done it as a a term time project it's nice to work towards something at the end yeah yeah and i think the other thing that's nice is you could do it for parents mm. in the school show or they could you one class can do it and use it as a way to teach other classes absolutely or younger children or whatever sort of collaborative learning opportunities there as well and that, and you have a lot of fun just doing it yeah and the whole point is is that you, you can adapt it so if you've got your own jokes that you want to write into it you can just you can take it as a basic thing and then uh, craft it into something that will work for, for your group of children as well or, or the children themselves will probably uh, do an even better job I think <laughs> now now one thing one thing that comes over from as you've been uh, saying or what you you offer is you've clearly got a love for this particular subject is it something that's come you know later in in your career and in in your writing career or or have you got experience or is there a particular past experience that makes you have this love of looking after the climate oh i think i've uh, i've had it since i was i was born i, I i'm actually um came was born in essex in the 1960s and i grew up in a farming community so oh, i right. grew up with nature all around me and um i watched over the 60s and 70s as the hedges came up and mm. the crops that were grown grew were changed and 
plastics had just started to come in. Yeah. <laughs> and I've just over the whole uh, time of uh, that I've I've been working and I spent a lot of time working in the outdoors. I, I was I trained as a forester. The wonderful thing about being a forester is that your training is really good for um, doing things with children later on in life because you learn all the basic science like botany, zoology, geology, soil science, meteorology. You get a very good broad education about the science and how everything works and interconnects. But you also understand that you're growing something which is a renewable resource, but on a finite resource, because land is finite and we all need it for different things. So it's about understanding the balance of people have modern lifestyles and they don't really want to change from that. They need to find new ways and better ways of doing it. And uh, I think it's it's about trying to find a balance and clearly our balance is way wrong. (laughs) I think it'll be the children that um of, of of today are going to be the ones that have to understand it and be empowered to find solutions that work climate's everywhere climate changes it is everywhere and, and lifestyle sadly even if we did if if everybody did it now it's a bit like trying to break a, a speeding juggernaut it's going to continue to to warm until you can actually um get earth's cozy blanket (laughs) you know um thin back down again even when you've done that it's going to take a long it would take a very long time for things to get colder i don't know whether it'll ever be able to be reversed but i think that we need to think about in terms of agriculture for example we need or, or even just in our vegetable gardens we can't just go and water things you know you have mm. to pick plants that are going to be able to withstand drier conditions or warmer conditions and in terms of the forests we maybe have to think about perhaps the surface rooting trees that we've been planting which have been brilliant for timber production might not be the best thing if we're going to have a lot more stormy conditions and absolutely maybe need to think about so i think it's it but the way to do it is to understand the understand the basics if people want to get hold of your books and your material, where's the best place for them to come? Well, if they just go to the website, it'll link them through and they can buy them that way. Um, I do sometimes go out and do workshops and visit schools, but um, it just depends. I, I might be in your area in the autumn. So if I was, I could make contact again and see if anybody was interested are the books only on your website or are they available well, in links, bookshop? It links through to Amazon. That's wonderful. Right. Okay, folks. Well, l- listen, don't worry about finding out about the, the website because, as always, go straight on to uh, the text of this podcast and you're just one click away from CeCe's amazing, amazing resources. Go and check out the Eco Diddles. You're going to learn something, children whether that just be a very simple story about a very funny creature or whether you're older and you want to learn some more about this wonderful planet that we're living on and how we need to take care of it more, um, here is somewhere that you can get hold of. you just one click away, just one click away. How quickly can you do it? 
to have a look at this and visit the website. Um, for those of you who are driving to work, so I know you, you drive to work listening to this or drive home listening to this. If you've not got uh, that sort of access, what actually is the, the website address? It's just www.ecadiddle.com. And so another great Launchpad show comes to an end. But don't worry, Eddie and Captain Dave will be back next week for another exciting trip on their learning journey. Until next time, be kind, be respectful, and don't forget to dream, believe, and shine.